Live from NPR News, I'm Jack Spear. President Biden is visiting Oklahoma today, honoring victims and survivors of the Tulsa Race Massacre, which took place 100 years ago. NPR's Windsor Johnson reports Biden is the first sitting U.S. president to take part in remembrances of that dark and long-overlooked chapter in American history. Over a span of two days, armed white mobs laid waste to Tulsa's then-prominent Greenwood District, killing as many as 300 people. Speaking in Tulsa, President Biden vowed that the victims, survivors, and their families will never be forgotten. The history of what took place here was told in silence, cloaked in darkness. But just because history is silent, it doesn't mean that it did not take place. Biden issued a proclamation this week calling on Americans to commemorate the tremendous loss of life and property that took place in 1921 and to celebrate the bravery and resilience of those who survived. Windsor Johnston, NPR News. With the clock ticking, President Biden is making plans to sit down with the lead negotiator on the Republican side in an effort to reach some kind of bipartisan deal on infrastructure. Biden and West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito set to meet Wednesday. The administration has set a deadline for reaching an agreement of June 7th. However, the respective sides appear to be moving further apart on some issues. The president now proposing a $1.7 trillion plan to fix the nation's roads, bridges, and make other investments, and raising taxes on corporations and the richest Americans to pay for it. Republicans have countered with a $928 billion proposal. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled unanimously today that tribal police officers have the authority to temporarily detain and search non-Indians on a public highway that runs through a Native American reservation. More from NPR's Nina Totenberg. A Native American police officer saw a truck parked on the side of the U.S. highway that runs through the Crow Reservation in Montana. When he approached the truck, he saw that the driver, apparently a non-Native, had bloodshot eyes, two semi-automatic guns on the front seat, and a plastic bag of methamphetamines. Because the officer had no authority to investigate a non-Indian, he called for help and temporarily detained the driver, who was subsequently searched and indicted on federal drug charges. But the federal courts threw out the evidence, contending that the officer had no authority to detain and search a non-Indian on a reservation. Now the Supreme Court has unanimously overturned those lower court rulings. Nina Totenberg, NPR News, Washington. Spending on new building projects took a modest bump up in April with strength in housing offsetting some weakness in non-residential construction, the increase helping to push construction to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $1.52 trillion in April. On Wall Street, the Dow was up 45 points. The Nasdaq fell 12 points today. You're listening to NPR. Pope Francis has changed Catholic Church law, making the sexual abuse of adults by priests a criminal offense. The revised criminal law section of the Vatican's Code of Canon Law would also allow a layperson who holds church office like a Catholic school principal to be sanctioned for sex abuse crimes. New provisions were released following some 14 years of study. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice has acknowledged being personally on the hook for $700 million in loans that have yet to be paid by one of his coal companies. As Dave Mistich of West Virginia Public Broadcasting reports, Justice fielded questions today about those debts. The governor's Bluestone Coal Corporation is reportedly in talks about repayment. According to the Wall Street Journal, the company had originally borrowed from Greensill Capital. The coal company sued Greensill for fraud in federal court. When the lending company collapsed, a Swiss bank bought the debt. 
Justice said Tuesday he had not read the Wall Street Journal's report, but said he had been briefed on the story. He called Greensill a bad actor and says the debts are a burden on his family that they are working to repay. Forbes had once listed Justice as a billionaire, but the business magazine reported in April he was worth $440 million. For NPR News, I'm Dave Mistich. The owner of a Japanese computer chip factory that was damaged by fire back in March says it is now producing about 88% of what it was making before the blaze. The fire coupled with a global shortage of chips has caused major headaches for the world's automakers. Renesas Electronics, in a statement today, said replacements for some of its fire-damaged equipment began arriving at that facility this month. I'm Jack Spear, NPR News.